0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Carol.
0: And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny?
1: Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
0: Yeah, and we love talking about sex and sexuality and sexual pleasure. And hope our discussions will open up your dialogue about great sex
1: because... Great sex matters, and you deserve it. And we're proud to be supporters of the sexual freedom movement. You know, we that it's important to accept and respect other people's choices about sexuality because when we do that it opens up our minds to all the different options out there and we're better equipped to make choices that help us enjoy our couple and our relationship to the fullest.
0: Absolutely. So are you new to the dating scene and not sure where to start? Or maybe you're a dating veteran but just can't find Mrs. Wright. Whatever the situation, You've come to the right place for the best dating advice around.
1: So today we'll be talking with Emily Loves from mloves.com, a worldwide dating coach for men, as we discuss how mega dating dramatically increases the likelihood of finding a compatible mate.
0: Yeah, and you're going to hear all about how Emily did a 100 date experiment where she dated 52 men
1: in one year. Now, as swingers... We, we have doubled the challenge and fun meeting compatible mates.
0: Yeah, we actually call them
1: playmates because,
0: you know, uh, we both have to be attracted to the other couple and both of us have
1: to be compatible and vice versa. Yeah, and it's not exactly the same as finding a lifelong partner, but as swingers we have our own challenges too. However, with the dating site for sexy couples like SDC.com, you can access their online community of over 3 million members in 50 different countries. Yeah, we haven't
0: reached the first million million yet, have we? Yet. No, we're still working on that. So the SDC website is designed to help sexy couples connect and explore their erotic fantasies. If you want to check it out for yourself, you can click through our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where you'll see the SDC banner. And please remember to use our promo code 30314 because you get a month for free. This is The Sexy Lifestyle and we are Carol and David.
1: And on today's show, Mega Dating with Emily Loves, we're going to be talking about the challenges of finding love and the right mate. And we'll be getting the best advice from an expert dating coach. But before we introduce Emily Loves, we want to talk to you about what we do as swingers when we meet new couples and what we do on our first dates.
0: So, I'm sure there's lots of inquiring minds out there who want to know what swingers do and how they do it when they're looking for lust not love. So we're going to walk through an example of our typical swingers first date.
1: Yeah and when we're at home we meet sexy couples at our local club or at house parties and through friends of friends and we also meet lots of sexy couples when we go to swinger events like resort takeovers and on lifestyle cruises.
0: Yeah, but when we travel to another city where we don't know any sexy friends, that's when we get on a swingers dating site to meet new sexy couples like SDC. And SDC.com has this great feature for when you travel, so it actually tells the people in that city that you're going to be there so they can actually see you coming in and maybe make an introduction. So it makes it so easy to find new sexy people at
1: that destination. Though remember, if you're really serious about meeting new couples in the lifestyle, it's so important to make your online couples profile as real and accurate as possible with detailed, honest information.
0: Right, and you know, Guys, girls, guys, guys, (laughs) really guys, putting false and inaccurate information or stupid images of other people on your profile just doesn't work. And whether you're a swinger or a single and you're on whatever site, it just defeats the purpose. Because remember, the ultimate goal is to meet face to face. So just be who you are and put up real information, present pictures and good, good, accurate Images of who you are.
1: Yeah, well, and the more honest you are, the better the chance you're going to have f- to have a great date and to hopefully get fucked. Remember, there are compatible people out there for everyone. So yeah.
0: just be honest. Yeah, and on any dating site, you know, whether it's Plenty of Fish, Tinder, SDC, some people try to use Facebook. The first impression we get is the profile picture. And I'm sure Emily is going to talk about setting up your dating profile to attract suitable mates for love and sex.
1: Okay, so let's get back to our first date scenario. <laughs> let's
0: do that. <laughs> We're searching online. Most couples describe what they're looking for right there, right in their bio. So that's why it has to be so accurate. And if the photos look current and the preferences match ours, you know, whether they want to full swap, soft swap, fuck on the first date or not, then we send them a message and we chat with them as long as, you know,
1: we, we see and we read stuff that we feel is um, compatible with us. And we always arrange for a phone call or a Skype call with both the people in the couple before meeting anyone. So that's our first step. Make that phone call happen. And it's really, it's always
0: the ladies that, you know, give the thumbs up if we're going to meet or not meet because um, it's the women who drive. And normally we meet for a coffee or a cocktail. So, when we're traveling, we usually arrange to meet at a bar or a club or, you know, we have to make sure it's somewhere we can talk so you actually get to know the person. Going to a disco where there's loud music just doesn't cut it. And although, you know, we have no problem kissing or even fucking
1: on the first date, not everybody does. Yeah, so we want to make sure that that other couple understands where we're coming from and assuming that we all click our plan is to play even on the first date by the way so what we do usually is by the time we've had this cocktail and we have been flirting a little bit with the other couple that's when it's time to make the decision do we want to head back to the room and play with this new couple that we've just met
0: Right. now remember there's two couples who have to be comfortable here so all four of us have to be attracted to each other so the the algorithms are a little complicated sometimes and you know, the most important thing is that all four people have to be in sync because you should never, ever, ever take one for the team.
1: Yeah, and depending on their experience level, they might not know what to say or how to move to that next step. So usually I just simply ask the other girl, say, Hey, you know, you think it's good, you let's go play.
0: Or or actually you say, So, are you ready to fuck?
1: <laughs> you know, it's okay to say no or not yet or I'm not comfortable or, or whatever. And, of course, it's even better when she says, yeah, let's go.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we always assume that we're going to play. So we like to prepare our hotel room in advance. You know, we dim the lighting. We put on some soft music. Um, of course, we have our Throes of Passion waterproof sex blanket on the bed. And, you know, Carol's a huge squirter. And we want to protect the bed because, you know, we don't want to sleep in that wet spot. Because um, even though messy sex is great sex, as hot as squirt is, it does get cold.
1: Now, on that note, we're excited to introduce today's guests. We have Emily Loves from mloves.com, a worldwide dating coach for men based in San Francisco and her boyfriend, Tom, and they're going to share their unique perspective about how to increase the odds of finding that perfect mate.
2: are listening to the sexy lifestyle with carol and david got a burning question or comment about today's show so send an email to ask at Carolandavid.com, and we just might be answering your question next now back to this week's show
0: so this is the sexy lifestyle we are carol and david emily and tom welcome to the sexy lifestyle and thanks so much for being here
3: Ah, thank you so much for having us. This is really a, a treat. And thank you so much. So, so fun.
0: <laughs> Our pleasure. Well, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty and uh, try and uh, figure out how somebody can date. 52 guys in one year on 100 dates, and now she has settled down. So, you know, let's kick things off by, you know, talking about that social experiment you did back in 2011 um, while you were still in school at Berkeley University. How, how did you get going?
3: Well, um, you know, I just found of a three-year relationship that wasn't very healthy, uh, and I just kept thinking, why did I take so long? And, you know, I was in college at the time, and that's a really experimental time as it is. Uh, But I'd go to class, and and I kept thinking why we weren't learning about things that were more relevant. You know, we were talking about theory, we weren't talking about dating in, in college, and I thought that was interesting, but I did, I wanted to apply some of those theoretical concepts to my dating life, and I, I hoped that that would help me figure out why I had stayed in a bad relationship for so long, and maybe, you know, if I did an experiment where I dated 100 people, I thought, well, then I would know if true love really existed, <laughs> and if that was fantasy or reality, Yeah, so so I began dating people, I signed up for an online dating site, and I started meeting more people through friends and at work. And I would basically document everything that happened on the date, either through journaling, or um, eventually, I started doing videos. And I would jot down real specific details like where we met, specific things that maybe he did that I made me feel good or maybe not so good, special strategies that, that one guy would use that other guys weren't using that really made me feel differently about him. And And I'm sure we'll get into more of the details later, but really I learned so much about myself and I learned a lot about who I wanted in my life and really who I didn't want in my life. And, you know, lucky for me, I think it was date 92, I met Tom and we've been together now for five years.
0: Wow. Fantastic. Well, we're going to get into Tom a little bit later um, because Tom was probably uh, one of those normal dates you went on. But tell us uh, quickly, what was one of the craziest dates you went on?
3: Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say it, it probably was I met a guy probably a little bit later than I should have. And we had snuck onto a soccer field on campus. And within five minutes, he got butt naked and started running around the field, telling he wanted me to streak with him, which I did not do, but I thought it was quite confident and creative.
1: So you remember him very well, I imagine. He was definitely a standout date, yeah.
0: So Tom, how did she uh, get you to put your clothes back on? And...
4: <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted I, I the fifth. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's really fun. That's really funny. And so now, did you ever meet people that, you know, you thought were going to be one way and showed up to the date and maybe looked different or were maybe completely different types of people that you had expected to be with?
3: You know, I hear so much about that of all of the men I dated. I I think that only happened once. But it was a pretty big turn off, You know, I definitely felt like that person hadn't been honest with me or the photos must have been like 20 years old. But it only happened once. I would say for the most part, I didn't attract dishonest people too much. I think a lot of it has to do with like what you're, if you're being honest in your profile and
1: whatnot, other people. Did you have an age range that you were looking for?
3: I, I don't think so. Um, I know that I was really open to meeting people all types of men because i was looking at it as an experiment as opposed to like i want to get married tomorrow you know i don't i didn't have any parameters i dated all different ethnicities ages socio-economic status pretty much everything
0: and did it happen where a, a woman approached you to go on a date
3: not to go on a date i i found myself in different environments that was more prone to happen but definitely not from what i know i don't know a ton about the community but i know that women we tend to be a little more passive, I think, so it may be a little harder. Yeah, that should have been part of the experiment. That would have been really neat.
1: Now, the social experiment that you started, was it really for a social experiment, or did you really want to find your true soulmate during this exercise?
3: That's a great question. I would say it was 100% an experiment just because I didn't really know true love existed. I had hoped that it did, but I didn't have any role models to demonstrate it to me. But I'd watch movies, and I'd see these fairy tale stories, and... I didn't know if it was possible or if it was just Hollywood. That's I really looked fun. at it from the perspective of a researcher and observer.
0: Nice. Now, um, just I, I want to get a little bit into your into your mindset here. What if you would have met someone at you know date number twenty-five? Would you have stopped, or did you have this plan that you had to go through with these hundred dates?
3: Uh, that was actually written into the rules of the experiment. Um, I had been a serial monogamist before yeah, I really didn't want to settle for mediocre. So I allowed myself to stop if I was really, really in love, and I really. Loved it. but ultimately i I made it very clear to everyone that I dated that I was conducting an experiment okay. that I wasn't looking for a long-term relationship, and I was just gathering information. Okay. I tried to protect against stopping too early
1: and so when you got to ninety two and you met Tom, you did continue to 101, as far as I know. How did Tom feel that you were still going on other dates? Good question. Yeah, no, that
4: that was tough. Um, you know, I actually had met her through my friend who was part of you know her experiment. So we actually met as friends first because he introduced me to her, and, and as he was going out with her. And what number and, was uh, he?
3: Well, he was right before
1: you. He, uh, he had to be
4: one or two before okay, me, for it. sure. Okay, um, yes. and we, we were very—you we, know—we were very good friends. Um, and you know, he was experimenting himself, and I, you know, after to answer your question, um, it was—it was a little bit of an emotional roller coaster for me because I didn't know. You know, after a couple weeks of friendship, when she said, "Hey, let's go out," I didn't—I uh, was dating, kind of dating somebody else, so. I was trying not to take it too seriously, but we had good feelings and towards each other. So it was in a, it was a little bit of a roller coaster for a couple of months.
1: Yeah, especially you knew she was doing an experiment, and she didn't know if you were really serious. Is that the kind of feeling you had? Yes, but for then sure. you guys did find each other, which is good news.
4: Yeah, I think we dated for what like seven or eight months. So she was rounding out her experiments, and it just naturally happened that we started only seeing each other. I mean, after, it took three or four months, but. Yeah,
3: right. very
0: very cool. So, uh, Emily, is there an actual science that backs up your method of mega dating?
3: Absolutely. You know, mega dating is really just a systematic type of study. Um, I would say of human behavior that uses observation and experimentation. And it's you know just to kind of give you an overview of what it is. Mega dating is the process of dating multiple people at the same time with the hope of ultimately selecting the perfect partner. that's unique to you so like not perfect and they have no flaws but perfect for you and and what it does is it allows you to compare and contrast multiple people to really see who fits best into your life and who brings out the best in you and just the process i think you're really you're you're looking at it through the eyes of an observer as opposed to being more outcome oriented so when you're looking at dating as okay i have to find the person i'm going to marry because i have this timeline it really, it's not a science, you know, it's, it's more just like you're compelling something to move forward that maybe is not as authentic as it could be. But when you look at it as an observer, there's less judgment around the dates, and you can be more present in the moment, and you can really understand what works and what doesn't, what you like, what you don't.
1: So you're taking the emotional aspect out of it, which sometimes can shadow or shade what is the truth, right? Right,
3: exactly. Or just observing the emotions.
1: Right. You didn't actually tell us what you studied at Berkeley.
3: Oh, I studied political science. So social, you know, social science, a lot of human behavior, but more geared towards politics.
0: Beautiful. All right. So this is The Sexy Lifestyle and we are Carol and David. And today we're talking with mega dating coach Emily and Tom from M Loves. We're going to take a short pause right now. We're going to hear from our sponsor.
1: This segment is sponsored by STC Cruise Caribbean Dreams, which is departing December 9 to 16 from San Juan, Puerto Rico. We're going to be there. If you've ever attended an STC takeover event, then you know how they create the ultimate erotic setting. SDC has hosted Swinger Travel since 2006, and they showcase sexy fun couples from all around the world, offering sensual theme nights, exotic pool parties, sexy playrooms, The possibilities are endless.
0: Yeah, and SDC were the first to do lifestyle cruises, but with a smaller, more intimate boutique five-star ship and their Caribbean Dreams cruise, like Carol said, from December 9th to 16th, will be their sixth lifestyle cruise event visiting the beautiful islands starting in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And we're going to be there.
1: So you can join the SDC cruise uh, in December with us by checking out our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for all the information.
2: are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? So send an email to ask at Carolandavid.com. and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show.
0: So, This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. (laughs) Today we're talking about dating for men and how the dating etiquette and protocol has changed over the years.
1: We have with us dating coach Emily Loves and Tom, uh, who teach mega dating to increase the odds of meeting the right mate. Emily, what's the reaction of your clients when you tell them that you want them to date multiple people at the same time?
3: Oh gosh. Well, almost all of them are overwhelmed by the workload. You know, and it's very, it's different than what everyone else kind of doing and is thinking. Which is always, I think, a sign that maybe someone's on the right track. If it's if one thing's not working, why beat your head against the wall and keep doing it the same way? A lot of people, of course, when they meet someone they really like, they just want to focus on them, and that can be the biggest problem that happens to create failure in the relationship because there's just so much energy focused on that one person that it can make you act unnaturally.
1: And so when you tell you told us earlier that the mega dating you're taking, it's more of an observer type uh, attitude. in when you go on that date, you have to explain that to your clients, that that's how they have to change their attitude going into the date. And is that easy or is that uh, it's difficult to do in the beginning? And then usually
3: once they start liking someone and I tell them, well, we've set out a specific goal of number of dates that you're going to go on, they'll, they'll notice that it really does. Create success with that one person that they're really liking, or it helps at least to balance out the way they're feeling about that person and still compare it to these other people they're dating. Because if something goes poorly with one, you know, you don't get so hurt and so rejected because you've got these other people that you're also dating so it just really lessens the intensity both positively and negatively so you can stay really balanced.
0: Now Emily do you have like an organizational template for all these guys because if you're dating so many people like you said you kept notes and you took videos but um, how do you keep them organized so they remember who they went out with what they did what they didn't do what they liked? because you know if you're dating I don't know two people a week and you get Two months into it, you've dated, I don't know, 16 people, and I couldn't remember all that.
3: (laughs) It's definitely, yeah, and you don't want to give somebody the wrong name or, or, you know, remember (laughs) a detail that's not relevant, right? Yeah. The easiest thing to do is like right after the date when it's fresh, either do a voice record on your phone or even just take a, a personal video where you're reviewing what happened, what you liked, what you didn't, and details that you can remember because that's going to allow you to re-engage a more meaningful conversation. When you do, if you do go on another date with that person, mm-hmm. you'll remember emotionally stimulating information about yeah, them. that makes
1: a lot of sense. Otherwise, you could get all mixed up. But do you ever get any clients that say that they feel like slutty that they're going, you know, out with so many different people at the same time?
3: Oh, definitely. I think that's, that's a really common feeling. But really, if you haven't sat down and had a conversation with the person that you're dating about the boundaries of your relationship, I feel like there's nothing wrong with mega dating because you don't know whether that other person is also dating other people. So communication is key. If you're uncomfortable doing it, it's more it's more interesting to figure out why that makes you uncomfortable. Is it because you know the other person is not dating
1: other people? So you're telling us that you you suggest to your clients that they advise their date, that they are doing mega dating, that they actually have other dates out there.
3: Absolutely. Yep. I think the more transparent you can be, the better.
1: So we we did a little experiment
0: this morning with our daughter, who's 25, and we asked her within her age group, um, we explained to her that we were doing a show with you today, and we said, how would you react if someone told you it's okay to go out and date multiple people or you met a guy and he said, you know, I'm dating multiple people at the same time. And her answer was. Am I having sex with them?
1: Right. The question was, are are they having sex with all those people they're mega dating? So what is your perspective about sex when you talk to your clients?
0: And dating all these people at the same
3: time. That's a great question. And actually... Tom has a pretty unique answer because you had a real, you, you didn't, you weren't comfortable having sex with multiple people when we first got together. I remember you saying that.
4: Yeah. It wasn't something that, that I was, that I was comfortable at at the time with now. Yeah.
3: So I think it depends on the person. You don't, I don't think mega dating, the concept is not geared around sex, but it certainly isn't off the table. I do think If you are seriously interested in someone you go on a date with, even if you're like 1% chance they could be a a great long-term partner, that you shouldn't have sex until you've been on three dates with them. I, I by no means think that sex, I think it should be taken into consideration when you're doing the process. So so, it's we, up to the
0: person. so as swingers, we would fail because we fucked on the first date.
1: <laughs> we
3: definitely <Yeah>. do.
1: <laughs> we definitely do. And I know that the whole world of dating has changed since all these new apps and everything that's going on. Tell us, even since your experiment in 2011, which doesn't seem that far away, however, it really is far away in the technology world, how has dating changed? I know you're with your mega dating, but in general, how has it
2: changed?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the foundation is the same, but are really neat now. When I was dating, it was just online dating that was, you know, new technology, no app. There was only like the basics, eHarmony, Match, OkCupid, I think, were probably the only sites. And maybe plenty of fish, too. But it it wasn't, there weren't so many niche sites like there are now. I mean, you can find farmers, farmers farmers-only related sites, vegan dating sites, (laughs) anything you want, really. So there was less, less specific sites when I was dating. And now, like the apps are, I think they make it much easier to cast a wide net.
1: And when you were doing your dating, how long did you actually invest and how many hours a day searching through the website to find the next, your next date?
3: Gosh, you know, that's a, I feel sad to say because I'm talking from a woman's perspective and I know how hard it is for a man, but for a woman I found it, it didn't take very long at all. I was really just weeding through the common messages to find someone who stood out to me. So it, I mean, maybe 30 minutes a day.
0: And Tom being a man, because I was single at one point, how long did you spend searching for uh, that woman who would at least respond to you? Because we know that you put out so many messages and friends and the women just blow us off. How much effort did you put in?
4: You know, I always, I was a little bit, I was one of those guys at, at 2010, 11, where I was a little ashamed to go on a dating site. So that was my issue, but I ended up, I did do OkCupid, okay I did do plenty of fish. I was doing everything wrong, um, now that I see what Emily you know, tells me, you know, what she's teaching some people sometimes, not specifics, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I would spend way too much time doing all the wrong things.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, Emily, uh, we see it all the time, and maybe you and Tom could talk to the guys out there about those men who, on their profile pic, put up cock shots, and how attractive, and, and you know, those are the guys that you want to meet, not. I'll let you talk a little bit about that.
3: Oh gosh. Yeah. That's, so even if you're trying to, you're like on a hookup app, let's say you're, you're on Tinder or something and you just want to have sex, even then that's not the way to go about it. Because I mean, at least to a woman, it's so much about prep time or getting in the mood. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's just like the physical side. But for women, it's so much more emotional, so much more about like how you feel. It's not just these physical body parts, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm agreeing with you. I get cock shots all the time sent to me on Facebook <laughs> or wherever, you know. Uh, but So if you're advocating that they should have a lot more dates, more more than what normally people would expect, that means there's a lot more breakups also. So how do, your, how do you counsel your clients to deal with those unsuccessful dates?
3: Good question. Well, it's really important to... Remember that you're not going to go on one date and find the love of your life. I don't know how many people have ever had that happen, but it's going to take some time to find what you're looking for. If you compare it to learning anything, even learning how to walk, took months and months and months. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't just come out of the womb knowing how to do that. So it's really important to know that it's a process, and that even for when you're rejected or you have a bad breakup, if you can, it's hard to take away the emotions. But if you can look at it from the aspect of an observer, and really identify what went wrong, what is it about that that I didn't like? What would I like to get more of in the future, you can use it all to improve your compatibility the next time around. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to go through those things.
1: And what is your success rate in finding a match for your clients?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. So my advanced clients do the best. And these are basically men who are committing to three months or more of weekly sessions. And I think they have the best success because dating really is not a quick fix. It takes time to uncover what the obstacles are and, you know, how to overcome each one. So like one guy may have issues with getting responses from online dating sites and then we'll go in together and we'll troubleshoot the problem and we'll figure out, okay, is it the photos or is it the messages or are you going after women that are 30 years younger than you, you know? And then we really work to correct it. And so all of that takes time. And once we've mastered, say, that hurdle... Then there may be hurdles with, okay, how are we going to get from the first date to the second date and the third date, you know? So I have the most success in helping men who are looking at that. And we definitely work a lot on responses from online dating sites, getting on more dates, and then converting those dates from first, second, to third.
0: Beautiful. Fantastic. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, we are Carol and David, and up next is our sexy myth-busting segment with mega-dating coach Emily Loves from mloves.com.
1: Each show, we invite our sex experts to bust a few sexy fun myths that help us filter through all that misinformation that we find out there on the internet, especially when it comes to the topic of sex and dating.
0: Alrighty, now it's that time for our sexy myth-busting game where we get the real truths about online dating. So...
1: Emily and Tom, are you ready? I'm
3: ready.
0: All All right,
1: right. here we go. Babe, you go with the first one. Okay, here's one. You gotta tell us if it's a myth or not. Everyone is lying online. What do you think?
3: Okay, well, I think that's a myth. In my experiment, I did and only one or two of them I found to be dishonest. But I do think that like attracts like. So if you're finding yourself dating a lot of people who are dishonest, then you might look at what you're putting off that's attracting that. (laughs)
1: I love that. Look in the mirror, right? I love that. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. Online dating is for the desperate. I think, Tom, that's kind of how you felt when you would refuse to go online at first, right?
4: Yeah, I I mean, again, that was a little, you know, five or six years ago, but I I definitely did feel that way at first. But eventually, as my friends, you know, it, it kind of motivated me to get on. I Slowly over time, I uh, I changed my mindset on that.
1: So you're saying I it's a myth that online dating is for the desperate. Correct. Yeah, I
4: think that's
0: right. a <laughs> myth. All right. Miss Emily, this one's for you And because I won't to ask Tom because all guys are pigs and they want to just fuck on the first date in the, <laughs> first, in the first minute. But the, the myth is you should never have sex on the first date.
3: So I would say yes and no. Like I said, if there's a small chance that you feel like the person you've just met for a first date could be a long-term match. Then you absolutely should not sleep with them. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say this is because that is kind of the move that you pulled. I pulled that move. He yes. pulled that move, and it was very surprising. Um, you know, we went on a great first date, and I think he drove me to my door. And I'm expecting that he'll come up, and he did not. And it, it definitely made me see you in a different light. Yeah,
4: David, it was a tough move, but I had to try it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it must have been. It must have been in May, which is masturbation month, and you, you know, you went home and knew you
1: could take care of yourself. Well, it all worked out for the best, that's for <laughs> it sure. Did. Okay, here's another one. Online users are just looking for hookups.
3: Um, I would call that a myth, but it depends on what site you're using or what tool you're using. Like, if you're on Tinder or Grindr, yeah, I think that you might be looking for a hookup. <laughs> yeah. If you're on eHarmony or, or Match, probably not just, I think everyone's. The Everyone wants sex
1: anyways, back. right? I mean, that's yeah. it, that's what the yeah. ultimate goal mm-hmm. is. So it's just whether it's a hookup or, or a long-term relationship, we all want that sex. We do. All right. How about uh, this myth? I'm too
0: old to use online dating.
3: Uh, definitely a myth. They have, uh, what is it, Our Time and a bunch of niche sites for, you know, whether it's age-related or religious or anything you're looking for these days.
1: But you think that, uh, so online, you at any age, you can get online and find sex? Any
3: age, Absolutely.
1: Yep. Perfect. And let's talk
0: about this myth that online dating is easy. Mr. Tom It is. that that
4: is a myth. Online dating can be very difficult. Uh, yeah, I think it's more difficult for men. Uh, you yeah, know, when I did it, it, I struggled with it. I didn't put any real effort into researching. I'd do it better. So yeah, that's my my perspective.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Here's the hook. We've got room for one one more myth here. Online dating isn't safe. You know, I think it's a
3: myth, but it's always important to be careful. I recommend always meeting for a first date during the day in a social location. I don't think it's more or less dangerous than meeting in person. And actually, um, we were talking about this. I had two stalkers during my experiment, and I didn't meet either one of them online. I met them in person. No, so it's really, really hard to tell.
1: Yeah. So there's there's bad guys out there everywhere, right? I mean, they can just spoil. Yeah. 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 Hey, but there's good guys like Tom lots, and I also out there. Lots of good guys. Absolutely. That's
4: true. Wow, guys. It's tough to find a quality
0: guy like us. Exactly. <laughs> one day when we come to San Francisco, we'll meet up with you guys. All righty. <laughs> that was fun emily and tom thanks for those amazing myth-busting skills uh this is a sexy lifestyle we are carol and david and up next is our great sex matters segment finding all about sex love and happiness in the
1: online world
0: one quick pause now for another note from our sponsors
1: this segment is sponsored by slap happy the flexible vibrator with a twist It's really five vibrators in one. Slap Happy is a flat silicone bendable vibrator that can be used internally or externally by women and couples.
0: Yeah, it's flat on the top with this strong vibrating motor that's intelligently mounted on the underside, like right near the tip. And its new design focuses more on vibration of the clit and your G-spot where you can really feel it.
1: Yeah, Slap Happy is fully bendable so you can pose it to meet your needs and it can bend in a full ninety degrees up or down to match your own personal preferences. And it'll stay bent until you unbend it. Yeah, like
0: we use it when you bend over and we put it in and we're <laughs> like in this where like we're playing <laughs> twister. And Slap Happy is <laughs> waterproof, virtually silent, and it's called the Swiss Army Knife of Sex Toys, and it's really five toys in one.
1: And it's affordable, only $50. You can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, on our radio page, and click the link to get your very own Slap Happy today. Yes, we have two of them, just in case the batteries run out on one.
2: are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Also send an email to ask at Carolandavid.com. and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show.
0: So, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. <laughs> Emily's loving this. <laughs> we'll send you so you guys can play with it. Now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we talk about great sex because great sex matters and
1: we all deserve
0: it. Yeah, Maybe this show that we should have the, sl- the slap happy part of our great sex matters segment.
1: For sure. Uh, we have international dating coach Emily Loves from M Loves with us today talking all about mega dating. All right, Emily
0: and Tom. I hope you both don't get, uh, don't mind if we get a little personal here, but we're all very curious about the sexual rituals of mega-daters, which obviously both of you are. So, I get to ask the first question, which is, Emily, during your experiment, your social experiment of dating 100 guys. No, 50 uh, guys. 50 guys in, in, uh, on 100 dates in a year, How many of them did you fuck?
3: That is a good question. Uh, I actually had to look that up because I wasn't sure, but I went back and I took a look. I was about 16
1: of them. 15. That's nice. That's okay. You had a good year. Now, how many
0: of them wanted to fuck you that you didn't?
3: I don't maybe all of them of
1: (laughs) Of course all of them
0: yes if if anybody wants to see how absolutely gorgeous and beautiful Emily is just go online she'll tell you what her uh, social media and her website is later but she's absolutely (laughs) spectacular so I wouldn't be surprised if every single guy wanted to fuck her
1: I think this is a very important part of uh, meeting somebody, and it's, you know, it's about sexual compatibility. So my question to you is, when you talk to your clients, how do you judge them or teach them to look for sexual compatibility, even if they're not having sex with their new found friend?
3: Well, I do with, you know, your, what your needs and desires are, if they're similar to that person or, the, or being open to discussing them person, I think that, that you know, that's one way to tell whether you have sexual compatibility. And I think it's not necessarily something, it doesn't have to be something that's right away. You know, if people are each willing to work on it, you can learn more about each other's needs and desires and over time, it's, it's all about growing
1: yeah and one yeah. of the things you said is if you think this is a good match not to have sex on the first date but do you think it's good to talk about sex on your first date I mean if you're considering it to be a good match
3: yeah once you've uh, established trust and rapport I think that's fine I think it's a good thing to not avoid it because then you end up in a friend zone so definitely I think that's fine to discuss it once you've established that trust that baseline trust
0: and what if you had um, a client Who went out on a date and he came back and he said, Emily, I just I met this great woman. She's fantastic. I'm so compatible. But she's really open minded and on our first date she asked me if I would be into a threesome or go to a swingers club. How would you advise him on on what to say back?
3: (laughs) I always think on what he would be interested in, you know, I mean, it's really about is that something that you can see yourself doing? Or is it something that you're open to if you have never done that before? If you have really firm boundaries against it, to really explore why those are is that because someone told you that? Or do you genuinely feel that yourself to just challenge your own perceptions and your own beliefs is important.
1: So I'm, I'm getting that when you chat with these guys, your clients, and you're advising them what to do for their date and giving them their advice weekly, do they talk about sex with you? Do they feel that they're not good or they're good? Do they ask you sex advice?
3: Yeah, they do. Um, you know, a lot of times a guy will, if they haven't dated in a long time, that means they probably haven't had sex in a long time either. It's important to not only get comfortable with talking to women and putting yourself out there, but it's also important to have confidence about your body and your sexual experiences and for that reason it can be recommended that you actually do go on hookup apps or, or something just so you get more experience because if you're going from not having sex in 10 years to trying to trying to meditate and have confidence you may not be able to escalate properly you might find yourself in the friend zone.
1: And do you have also I mean I'm I don't think you're a sexologist. I don't, I didn't see that in your bio. No, definitely not. So do you have a resource center that you would send someone to for more sexual advice, if that's one of their issues and that they're not gaining any ground on their, on their dating because they're not confident enough sexually? Do you send them? Absolutely.
3: To- I send them right to you guys' podcast. Actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit extreme. I think so we do
0: have some amazing sex experts on our show because we're not experts, but uh, we've had some, some really, really good people. And if anybody's listening, um, who are, uh, Clients of Emily's, uh, you can go reach out to any of our sex experts. They 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 are um, amazing with giving advice on all different sorts of topics uh, related to
1: sexuality.
4: Yeah, I saw, I uh, I heard one of your podcasts uh, a couple weeks ago, Dr. Jen Stands
0: She was pretty good. Yeah, go. go. mm-hmm. she
1: was fantastic. So I know that this is also. I'm going to get back to the sexual <laughs> compatibility because I really feel that's important. But when they're when you're advising your clients. And they're trying to figure out if the person in general is compatible, you know, with the same moral grounds, et cetera. But how much of the compatibility do you think is important for the sexual side of it?
3: I mean, I think that it's, I think it's very important, but I also think it's, if you're willing to work on things with your partner, that it's something that can be, so it's really about like, are we willing to talk about things that are uncomfortable if that's, if that's the case, or, you know, a lot of times that's compatibility with someone, but you don't see them as a long-term partner for other reasons. Maybe there's not talk to them as well, or you're not as, you know, there's other things that don't buy. So I think it's really about having that open dialogue and being willing to push the envelope when it needs to be pushed you know and not and not cutting off the communication
0: right cool so tom this question's for you so you met emily about five years ago and and obviously you're in an amazing loving a compatible relationship but what what was different dating emily versus dating all the other girls that you met um, in terms of someone who's just dated so many people and met so many different and and I guess interesting people, and then she chooses you. H- how has that how has that happened, and how has that evolution continued to make your um, your love and your relationship stronger?
4: Yeah, I could answer that. She had a lot of game. Uh, by the time she met me. She was very open like hey i'm 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 getting close to hundred blah blah blah. I was single for also five years at the time, so um not that you were single for five years, but I was at the time so i i I'm a very super competitive person, so knowing that she was going out with so many guys it it really kind of drove me to figure her out and to and to not to not give up on her you know and a lot of guys probably would if they knew that you were going out with so many other guys so I just, I just tried to not make a big deal out of it and I just saw her when she wanted to see me and, and just kind of let things work naturally and not give up on what I was doing in my life, my passions, my work, uh, my hobbies, stuff
0: like that. Very cool. Now, Emily, how did you feel when you had to put the brakes on? So You met Tom, you guys clicked, you had been dating, you had this whole thing going on in your life. I have to meet guys, I have to video, I have to take notes, I have to do all this stuff, and then. You stopped, and now, for five years, you've had one guy in your life
3: and then I stopped. Um, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question uh well i I think it was it was a little bit tough. I was definitely a little scattered just because I was dating so many different people, but one thing that was different about Tom is he always made me feel really good uh, and I, it wasn't like this crazy love at first sight like super intense thing. Uh, it was, it was more of like what I call a slow burn, like slowly, gradually, it was just always so fun to be with them. And I felt like I could be myself, but yeah, no, we did come across, uh, I guess a crossroads. I, he kind of gave me an ultimatum that I needed to make it. Yeah,
4: I can speak to that. That's, that'd be interesting for the listeners. Um, yeah, I think we were dating for five or six months and, uh, we took a trip to Chicago and, uh, you know, when you go on trips with people, you can really, people that you're dating, you can really get to know them a little better. And I think I got to a breaking point in, in Chicago, and it was about six months of dating her, and um, I, I felt like I was more interested in her at the time, and I basically said, hey, you know, it, it's me, or uh, you can keep doing your experiment, and, uh, and and took her a little bit of time to figure it out, but she said she wanted to be with me, yeah. so that's kind of how it works. We
1: love <laughs> yeah. love. That sounds so sweet.
0: Now, Wonderful. Tom, what did you do on the first date that wooed Emily and got her, like, interested in you? There must have been something that you planned out that maybe she hadn't seen before. All right, now we're getting deep with the <laughs> conversation. So, <laughs>
4: uh, um, so actually, we met, like I said, um, through my friend from Los Angeles. And my friend from Los Angeles said, I want to come up to San Francisco for a weekend. I want to I meet this girl who's going to UC Berkeley can I crash at your house? And I said, uh, I said, no problem. I will hang out when she leaves or whatever. So we actually all three met at the same time. So I took obviously the, the, friendship route with her because I had to. Um, so we all met, had a bottle of wine and actually, um, we did connect as well. Um, I, I went out and hung out with some of my other friends, but, um, we had this strong connection right away, just as friends. So, think that kind of helped a little bit Um, on two or three weeks later when when she wanted to go out with me um (laughs) there was some tension there
1: and did you find it nerve-wracking on your first date knowing that she'd been out even with your friend and all those other guys too were you nervous yeah I I mean I
4: asked my friend you know hey I I won't go out with her unless you know you you're okay with it uh so it was definitely a weird situation and I just tried to handle it handle it at you know as as adult as I could you know
1: very cool and obviously all worked out this is all great
0: it did All right. so this is the sexy lifestyle we are Carl and David back to Emily you have a couple of minutes now to tell us to give us some real advice so if a guy has been dating regularly say for the last six months but hasn't really found anyone that's met his needs what are the top three things you can suggest for this guy to do today to help him find that true mate?
3: Great question. Um, well, number one, I think it's about learning, learning some of the dating game, if you will. So, read some blogs. Ask your friend if if they're if he's got what you want. Um, you know, ask him what he did. Nobody teaches dating in school. Like it's not something that we get taught. So it's very normal for people to not have success right away so just knowing that it's a skill set that needs to be developed is really important so read some of those free blogs and and get advice secondly i would say you should definitely mega date if you're if you're always dating a couple people at the same time it's a lot easier to not settle on the person who's maybe not perfect for you and i have a lot of information on on mega dating on mega dating this strategy as well Uh, But lastly, I think if you're really struggling and striking out, there's so many great dating coaches out there. I would definitely look into hiring a professional because it's going to put you on a fast track and and help you to really get better success quicker.
0: And and Emily, what is the first thing that you would tell a guy or the most important thing once he gets a date? What's the first do and what's the first don't that you would tell them for a date?
3: Um, Meet during the day and don't
1: let your first date go longer than an hour oh, one hour interesting very cool now I know that when you um, meet a client for the first time you probably try to establish their goals in life or their goal and what they're going to gain from the mega dating process that you're going to teach them how can someone assess their own goals in the right way you know with, without your advice but tell them what what kind of things should they settle on or not settle on
3: Well, it's important to know, you know, and be honest with yourself, am I looking for ultimately a girlfriend, a wife, or just I want to get better at dating, I want to date a lot of people, and to be honest with yourself and not to judge yourself, you know, not to say, oh, you know, I'm not really looking for anything serious when in fact you are, or vice versa, and that will help you to set up your goals correctly, because it's going to change the tools you use, the sites you go on, and, you know, your entire process.
1: Now, I know you're a dating coach and not a matchmaker, but can you tell us is there still a need for matchmakers out there?
3: I would say you're always going to be more active if you are the one who is creating the dates yourself, because you know yourself. And, you know, friends know you better, people that are close to you, know you better. You're going to find more compatibility if you're, going after yourself I think you'll be happier ultimately as well
0: now as um, a guy uh, because guy dating and girl dating is very different especially with online and apps and all that Um, so you go out on a good date as a guy do I reach out and contact her the next day do I text her I would say no don't text I would say pick up the phone and call but with technology and all the ways to communicate today what's what's that after the date
3: protocol Oh, that's a good question so I would limit, within the first three dates, I would limit your in-between texting and phone calls as much as possible. Um, ideally, you want to set up date number two while you're still on the first date. So you want to close for that date while you're in person with her, and you want it to be really compelling. So if you need to communicate in between, it's, you have a specific goal in your communication. Um, the reason for that is if you're texting or, fo- or calling in between the dates, It's too soon to establish that type of back and forth conversation because you don't have a real foundation yet, right? Like the first, second, and third date have very specific goals and they're meant to escalate your relationship into a physical place. But if you're you're texting and calling in between those three first courting dates, you may find yourself in a friend zone more.
0: Mm, Got it. Got it. All right. Emily and Tom, that was absolutely amazing, Uh, what a great and insightful discussion about the world of mega dating and and your relationship um, as it is. Uh, Thanks so much for being here and sharing your stories and advice. Emily, why don't you take a couple of minutes and tell everyone how they can find out more about you, about your services, I would say how they can date you, but you're done with that, you're absolutely in love with
3: Tom. So go ahead. Yeah, well thank you so much for having us on, this was super fun. Um, You can learn more about me and my strategy at mloves.com. It's E-M-L-O-V-Z dot com.
1: Yes. Fantastic. Thanks again.
0: You know, we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests. We hope you do too. And remember, great sex matters.
1: And you deserve it. And we encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. Go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, our radio show guest page, and you'll see all our amazing sex experts. Look them up and contact them if you need more advice. Well, that's it for our show today.
0: A big thank you to our special guest, Emily Loves from mloves.com, and her amazing boyfriend, Tom, who contributed tremendously to our show. And a special thanks to everybody out there listening. We're now coming up on 100,000
1: listeners in 65 countries this week. So remember to visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and sign up on SDC for one month free using promo code 30314.
0: Go check out our events page. We're going to be at Naughty in LA, September 30th to October 30th. 3rd, if and then we're, we're going to be on the Naughty
1: Cruise as well at the same time frame. Exactly, on the Couples Cruise right after that from October 3rd to 7th. And then the Everything to do with Sex Show, if you want to meet us in Toronto, November 24th to 26th.
0: And then we have the SDC Caribbean Cruise leaving from San Juan, Puerto Rico, De- uh, December 9th to 16th.
1: Ah, Hito Kama Sutra in Jamaica, January 20 to 27. Join and us at all these fun trips. And if you didn't get all that, just send us an
0: email at askandcarolyndavid.com. Join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle where we'll be talking to Maureen McGrath, author, speaker, and sexual health expert all about how to fix a
1: sexless marriage. We are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time.
2: Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.